Hello there. Welcome, 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 welcome to Belonging Before Believing. We're the podcast that answers all the awesome questions that you didn't even know you wanted answered. Um, hot dog Patrick Mathers, pastor of Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship. And that must make me poopy pants, Brian Gumpy. <laughs> so glad you got that. Elder Sovereign Joy Christian <laughs> Fellowship. Also, I'm about to hit the studio and come up with some kind of shreddy intro because every time you're doing this now, you're like, nah, 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 and I just want to go, near, 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 near. Here's the stupid thing. So just one. I was listening to Fox News on accident. Oh no. Because I pushed the the volume button on a particular car I was driving. And this news guy came on and he had like this super like music in the beginning and then he gets on and he's like this I want to talk about politics and Trump (laughs) I was like where is the disconnect why are you why do you have this music on? And then I heard something else another time. Cater to to the uh, restless conservative youth. Oh my gosh. It did not wrestle and conserve me. It, <laughs> it, it made, exasperated. It made you. me frustrated. It made I, ah, I was disappointed and laughed and cried all at the same time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a busy drive. <laughs> I weep a lot. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Don't weep now. Please. Why? Because there's no one in this room but me. Can I cry on your shoulder, Brian? No. Put your head on my shoulder. Oh, gosh. Do you know that song? What is it? Oh, what? Uh, oh, it's Beyondo. What? Oh, my no, gosh. I love that name. Who is Beyondo? Beyondo was this bit that Jay Leno used to do. <laughs> And he was like this floating head. <laughs> and and they would ask Biondo these questions. And because he was just this floating head, he would start singing to like, who, I can't remember whoever like, oh, what was his, uh, it was like his version of. Um, yeah, I know. You know who yeah, I'm talking about. I don't know. The dude with the guitar. Version, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He would. Because he was this floating head, he would put his head on that dude's shoulder and he would start singing that, put your head on my shoulder. Yeah, it was so great. So I never watched Jay Leno. I don't think we all, did much either, but I but remember I, that. But I but I loved I, well, I still do love Jay Leno's Garage. Oh yeah. Dude, that show is fun. He has some crazy cars on there and motorcycles. Sometimes it's boring, but most of the time it's pretty cool. I like to see all that kind of stuff. If I had money. I that's that would be my my thing was cars. I would buy sweet cars, old cars, junky cars, cute cars, clown cars, other cars, train cars. I'd probably buy an ice cream truck <laughs> for the kids. <laughs> for the kids. <laughs> for the youths. Oh my gosh. I would do that. What would you do if you had a buco bucks like Jay Leno bucks? What would you what would be your your thing that you'd buy? Oh, gosh. It'd be watches, wouldn't it? You'd be that boring guy. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Ah. I stumped you. I stumped the chump. 
I think it would be cool to have like not like big massive places necessarily, but just to have cool like cabins in places. Like I'm saying, like not not these like opulent ones. Like okay, so I was watching this um this documentary, it was called like The Minimalists or something like that. Okay. And they had these little teeny like 200 square foot like trailers. Sounds awful. No, no, it does. That's like me. But then I'm they're 200 like square feet. But everything's pull out and roll, and they're super like luxury, like top of the line. They wow. just don't take up any space. Like, I'm not saying it needs to be that small, but it wouldn't need to be huge. It would just be like like cabins or like these trailers or whatever in these like bizarre, awesome locales oh, across cool. the world. So, like, oh yeah, I've got a cabin in the Gal- or a cabin in the Galapagos. Uh, or one you, in like Cambodia or so like something like that. I was gonna say, well, we could we could drive my cars to those locations. I would, but we can't drive my cars to those locations. We should do boats <laughs> <laughs> Ow. I, or helicopters. I would say the boat thing or the car and the boat thing. The problem with I would helicopters, say the car thing, but you just said it. In that well, the problem boring. with helicopters is you you don't want an antique helicopter. <laughs> No. As much money and as much, no. you know, you want to throw at that, that antique helicopter needs to stay on the ground yeah. and not go nowhere. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, yeah. So let's not do, let's have one helicopter. I'll, we'll have all the cars, the cabins, and the helicopter. That sounds good, right? Yeah. We can have a great time with Dude, each other's collections. Who, who did we just become? Did we just become best friends? Yep. <laughs> Uh, hey, dude. Hey. Do we have a question then for today? It is. Not of the day. That comes later on. Yeah. It, the question that we are answering on this episode, which I think it'll end up being episode 87, if I remember right, which is wild to think Ocho about. Ocho siete? Ochenta. Siete. Ochenta siete. Yeah. Um, why would God give us the capability of logic and reason and expect us not to use it when it comes to belief in him and his word. This is another snarkily worded question. Yeah, people, it shows, before I get to the question, it it shows that people have a very cynical attitude towards Christianity and our faith. You know, and, and... you know what? I don't know why it surprises me, but honestly, every once in a while, I'm kind of taken aback by how ridiculous and stupid people think we are. Like, they're not gonna, nobody's going to come out and say that, but that question comes out and says it. Yeah. You know? We're, we're quaint at best. Yeah. At best. Yeah. We're like a throwback to the 1940s or we're something. We're like a flat earther. Do you think people think that about... We are kind of like that. The way this question is worded, they are talking to us like a flat earther. Well, there's lots of views that we hold that are definitely countercultural and certainly make us... Put us in the category in some people's minds of being backwoods bumpkins. But they're not contrary to logic and reason. Well, that's what I was getting at. You're exactly right. Is... is, So we do, we, okay, let me break that question down. Break it down. All right. God has given us logic and reason. Agree, right? We're both yes and amening that. The questioner is snarky as that person, whoever him or her is asking this question. Yes, we agree that God has given us reason. 
But then what does the question say? Why does he want us to suspend it? And expect us to not use it when it comes to belief in him and That's his word. That's so stupid. Can you imagine like, letting an apologist like, just loose on this person? Well, let me, I'm, we're going to get loose on this person. Right, but I just mean, like, if you think that you have such, like, a firm grip on logic and reason, like... Right. Okay, so person who asked this question and everybody else who's interested in this question. So, uh, so we're, we're, we're riffing here. So it's, it is time to get serious and to, to legitimately answer this question. It's time... And, and, to get serious. And and the reason is is because because this this is an important question. And although I I do feel a little tiny whiff of offense but to the person who or to this question, the truth of the matter is is it it is legitimate and it probably should be answered because it's what people think. And we're impervious to your offense. And <laughs> and this is a this is a more common objection than I think we'd probably like to admit. Oh, absolutely. But it 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 is pretty common. So we don't we, we do believe that we have reason and logic. I think anybody who has given us a fair listen o- over our eighty six previous podcasts would acknowledge, even if you don't agree with us, we certainly logically and rationally try to think through these issues. At least the the serious issues. We've done a lot of silly ones I too. Feel like more often than not, people get frustrated by the logic and reason, and like, well, you know your way around this stuff better than I do, da, 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 because we're being logical and rational. You know, rational. Then, yeah. then why ask this question if that's going to be the response? That's, it's it's just funny. Yeah. To me, no, I get that. So okay, so I, I would if the questioner were here, Brian, will you pretend for a minute? Yes. I would ask. I'm going to ask you, Brian, why do you think that my reason and logic are suspended because of my faith? Um, Something about um, the miracles of Jesus, Um, supernatural things that we cannot quantify using science. Okay, but that's not my faith in God. That's faith in certain things that we're attributing to God. What you're asking me in the question is why am I suspending my belief? Why am I suspending reason and logic for my belief in God? And his word. And his word. Well, but, but those are two mutually exclusive questions. So I'm not going to let you get away with obfuscating and trying to ask me another question without answering the first one. The first one is why are you assuming that I'm suspending my reason and logic in light of my belief in God. I think as the person who questioned, I would have to say something about a lack of evidence. In? Like, like it, why, why are there no fossils of God? I don't, <laughs> I don't okay, know. Okay, so, so, so what I'm going to say is then, okay, I'll, I'll answer that is that I, I would want to say first of all, before I get to anything about somebody's supposed evidences, would there be, could there possibly be evidence I could give you that would persuade and convince you otherwise? Persuade you to believe in God. If I could give you logic and I can give you reason, which you and I both admit we, we have, I believe and you don't, what would it take for me to get you here? Oh, gosh. This is getting hard for me to be the questioner and not to be Brian Gumpy. I know. Um, I know. Because I, you have reason and logic. <laughs> and, 
and faith. That's that's the thing. Is I'm the whole package. Right. Well, see the, the <laughs> <laughs> see see the the point that I'm getting at is is questions are easy to be thrown out when they're electronically typed on a keyboard with a sense of bravado and like a gotcha. But yet when we sit down and I'm able to sit across the table from somebody and to genuinely ask the questions that need to be asked so that I can answer the question that is being asked, that it falls apart. Because the, the, the whole point is that I'm trying to get at and trying to make is that we don't suspend our reason and we don't suspend our belief and we still believe. There's plenty of evidence. So, but it isn't evidence why I believe. My faith is a gift from God. Okay, that was where I was going to go next. Okay, is, go. All right. Is if we're asking them what level of evidence would it take for you to be persuaded, my following question would be, is that why we believe because of any level of evidence? No, but what we want to do... What I, what I want to do, if you weren't a believer and, I, and you were genuinely asking me this question, what I would want to do is I want to expose, and I don't think that this is pejorative. I hope nobody takes it that way. I'm not poking fun or being mean-spirited. But what I want to do is I want to expose the, the inadequacy of any individual, you included, to believe the things that are contained in the Bible unless God does something supernatural in your own heart. I want to expose that because if you don't have the realization of your own sin, if you don't realize the desperate need that you have for God, of course you're never going to believe. I can't reason you into the kingdom. I can't logic you into faith in Jesus Christ. The best I can do with reason and logic is display your inability so that's what I want to do is I want to use your own reason and logic to show you that you really are incapable of what the Bible asks and therefore to plead and trust in Christ for your salvation. And I believe that as we do that, that's what the Apostle Paul did when he preached the gospel. He would go into locations and he would expose their sin. And then they would respond with well, what do we need to do? Believe and repent in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That was Peter's experience there on the day of Pentecost. I think that that's um, historically the way the church has proclaimed the gospel. I, I, can't, I can give you all the evidences all day long, but you're never going to come to Christ unless you have, you have your sin exposed, call it sin, call it what it is. You believe it. And then you acknowledge it and you turn to Christ as Lord and Savior. So uh, you want to go from there? I well, have follow-up, but good, but you should go. I was just going to say, if you, I'm kind of moving us along here. Good, What's do your, that. No, just okay. go. Yeah, so, I'll come back. Um, so it says, why would he expect us to not use it? Mm -hmm. And we would argue that we do use it. But what we've been talking about up to this point is no amount of reason and logic is going to persuade you in the first place. Right. And my point is the burden of proof is on them sure. to prove that we don't use reason and logic. Um, well, yeah. And what I'm doing is I'm using reason and logic to turn it back around upon them to show them, no, we really are using it, and why aren't you using it more? And that was going to be where I took it next. Oh, good. So, okay. Like, how do we use it? 
So the the way we 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 want to use it is as a as a Christian. And so if you're not a believer and you're listening to this this right now, then then uh, t- take some time and listen and try not to listen with prejudice. Uh, I know it's there and I know, you know, that there's a lot of bad, you know, troubling Christians out there and you might've had bad experience or whatever, but, but really try to listen. Yeah. Try to listen (laughs) with open ears and open mind um, to what we're saying, because that's what the questioner is supposedly presuming that they're doing. What we want to do as a Christian. So talking to Christians now, one of the things that we want to do when we're talking to our unbelieving friends is we want to display that whenever they bring up an objection, that they are relying upon the image of God that they actually bear. What I mean by that is that everyone's created in the image of God, meaning that they have the law, they have emotions, they have rationality, they have communication, they have all of these things that all humans have in common with one another and we have in common with God. It's what makes us distinct from the rest of the animal kingdom. And it actually makes us distinct from angels as well. And so, but that's another, boy, that's a whole nother, let's not go there. Uh, So what we want to do is we want to display that you, that the people who are unbelievers are actually relying upon God's revelation that they already have bearing the image of God to argue against us. So this person here is assuming a level of rationality and what's the other word? Logic. Mm -hmm. Assuming rationality and logic. And what we want to do as Christians is say, how do you know that? How do you know something's logical? How do you know something's rational? The, and, and point and say, you know, you and have how to... How do we have agreement? Right. How do you, you have to prove that. You have to prove something's rational logic. And our answer is, well, we have the image of God within us and we have divine revelation. And yes, we are assuming the Bible's divine revelation. We can have that talk if we want to, but, um, but I don't think we need to because the word of God says that the word of God is written on people, the law is written on people's hearts. So what we want to do is we want to point out, well, you can't even have rationality. You can't even have logic unless there's a God. Because if we're all just stardust and we're all just um, cosmic goo that crawled out of the sea, primordial ooze somewhere along the line, then there's no meaning, there's no value, there's no dignity, there is no rationality, there is no logic, there's no consistency, there, there is no hope that tomorrow the sun is going to come up the way it did this morning. That every, every, there's no uniformity. Everything is chaos. There is no order. The only way there's order is if there's God. And if, so if you're assuming rationality and logic, which you are in that question, then it begs the point, where do you get rationality and logic from? I have an answer for it. Why don't you? A perfectly designed universe <laughs> screams of a designer. Well, yeah, yeah. And the and I, if I think, therefore I am, is not the end in and of itself, much to Descartes, you know, uh, chagrin. The, the truth of the matter is, as I think, therefore there is a God. If I if I am rational and logical and the laws of logic are consistent and exist anywhere in, at all times, contradiction's always a contradiction, right? It's, it's always going to be that anywhere, any place, any time. Then, then there is one that gives us, there is a lawgiver. 
That doesn't. That does not come by random chance. Otherwise, how could we possibly agree on what logic is? There, there wouldn't be. There would be a different logic in the United States as there is in Indonesia. Oh, as forget there is about in from country to country. I'm talking about from you to me. No, right, right. You're, you're right. But, but we do have that. There's a uniformity everywhere. There is a logic and there is a rationale uh, everywhere. And so I'm, and I'm arguing that it's because we all bear the image of God within us. And therefore, it begs the question, well, what do you, what's your answer to it? And so what we as Christians want to do is point that out. A second thing that we want to do is if somebody's going to call something good, I, there's one of, I, I, I like, I, one of my favorite guys to listen to right now is a DJ called Purple Disco Machine. <laughs> and he, he plays this song routinely in his sets. And it, it, a refrain in there is that I am an atheist, I behave as an atheist, I do good for, do it for good's sake, and I've evolved to the point where I don't even think about reward anymore. Well, that begs the question, if you're a, an atheist, then how can you ever say something's good? What do you base that on? What is good? How can you justify the fact that you're saying something's good objectively? Right? That's what the implication of what that refrain is saying. I'm doing something objectively everybody knows should be good for good's sake. It's based upon a notion of good that's supposedly universal. How do you account which, for that? Which is based on a notion of agreement. Yeah. Of like unanimity. How do you account for that? Which I understand why you would think that. Like, oh, we all agree that this is a thing. So I can just take that for granted. Right. But where does that unanimity come from? Right. So, so, and, and I would have to assume that if they're truly atheist, <clears throat> then they're not going to be able to either give an answer or they're going to say it's different for every person. That's, those are the only two options. Which obviously it can't be different it, for every person. It can't be because there is, there is agreed upon good, which is the assumption in saying I do good for good's sake. So it's a circular argument, which they're, they're obviously not seeing. But we want to point that out, and we want to say, look, I have an answer. It comes from God. And you might, <laughs> it comes from God all you want, but you still haven't answered the fact that there is God. You can yeah. laugh about it and snicker about it and, and you know, ask snarky questions till the cows come home. But if you haven't answered the question, then all you've done is tap danced. I All heard, you've done is smoke a mirror. Sorry, dude. So I was playing yeah. poker with some friends a mm -hmm. few weeks back, and somebody was telling me that... They're like, did you know that the odds are that a deck of cards has never been shuffled the same way twice? I, I've heard that. Which seems insane to me. There's like no way. Like I, I have to assume that it's happened multiple, 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 multiple times. But like lots of people pose that a, a 52 card deck, any 52 card deck has never been shuffled the same way twice. Whatever. Anyway, if that's what people are trying to say, 52 possible, like 52 cards. Mm -hmm. But you're saying that we all just happen to agree that stealing is something that we shouldn't do. Right. Or that we should really like take care of our children or that, you know, if you uh, kill somebody that that, probably shouldn't happen. And Don't we, cheat on your wife. Or, yeah. or it, why does it hurt? Why is it so bad for your wife to cheat on you? For yeah. any one of these yeah. things. And you're talking all of humanity for all of history. Mm -hmm. We, we agree on these things. Right. 
But a 52-card deck, it can't be shuffled the same way twice. <laughs> yeah. Like, these yeah. are astronomical odds, but the fact that we all agree on these things, the and people would chalk them up to logic. Mm-hmm. The, the, and they would chalk it up to logic, absolutely. Or survival. And, yeah, yeah. And and so we, we what we want to do lovingly as Christians, and unbeliever again, if you're listening to this, I, I would love to sit down and talk with you. And, and it's, it's a better to have a conversation than to do this electronically. Although if you want to throw me an email, I'd be more than happy to. Or a text. Like you, like, you know, those numbers (laughs) are on the church website. They are. They are. If you want to throw that out there, I'd be glad to go back and forth with you. Although I'd, I'd rather sit down because I, I, I want you to see that I genuinely care. It's hard to see that electronically. I want you to see that I love you and that, that you really do matter to me, that this isn't just, that in no sense, in no way, shape, or form is this podcast or answering these questions for me and Brian a notch on our belt. Strong the, arm you in some debate. <clears throat> the only reason, the only reason we are doing this and we answer these questions is if we really genuinely love you as a listener, as a hearer, because we really do believe that this gospel that we present, that we preach matters to you because it's changed us and affected us. And we want you to know God the same way we, that we know God. Well, actually, I want you to know him better than I do. I want you to love him more than I do. I think that would be amazing. And so one of the things that we come back to is Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. He's the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And so I want to ask you, you know, the question that Pilate asked Jesus before he crucified or had him crucified is, what is truth? How do you answer that? As a, as a non-believer, how do you answer what is truth? You, you, you're making truth claims by saying that there is logic and there is reason. How do you account for that? How do you know that that's true? How do you know that that's right? I have an answer for that. Jesus, he's the way, the truth, and the life. And, and if you really don't have a, a foundation and an answer for that, and it's just you do what you think's best or you think everybody will end up there or, or whatever it might be, then you don't have hope. You have no hope. You have no, you know, um, th- there's no end game for you. And, that, and to me, that's tragic. And I don't want that for you. And so I beg you to turn to Jesus Christ. Read what he said. Listen to us talking about him. And the gospel's true. And you can trust it and know that you're saved. I think people need to listen to this episode more than once. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If you're not familiar with this train of thought, this line of reasoning. (laughs) This laws of logic. Yeah. Um, dude, it'll, uh, it'll go over your head really fast. And, uh, yeah. I think so. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like not, I'm not even just talking about people who aren't Christians. I'm talking like everybody. Uh, I think that that is a big black eye on the church today is a lot of people are not given to thinking through the logical conclusions of what they believe, um, which not only robs them of the opportunity 
to be logical and rational when they interact with uh, the world around them, but it also robs them of the grandeur of the faith that they hold. When you're able to see that the way that God has established his creation is rational and logical, to me that just leads to even greater worship. And there's there's so... It's many, intricate. Yeah, there's so many paths we can take. There's so many fine points we can put on that. And if if we wanted to, you know, we, we, we that, this is why I want to sit down and talk with somebody because there's so many different ways and veins and perspectives that somebody can come with. We're answering it in a general sense right now because all we do have is a general snarky question. But... But when we're sitting down with somebody, the, the, this question can be asked, and all of a sudden there's nuance of, well, I was abused when I was a kid. All of a sudden there's the nuance of, well, you know, the last eight guys that I've dated have just dumped on me and treated me bad, and now I don't know what to do with myself, and I have no self-worth. There's the sense where I can't hold down a job as a guy and, you know, my dignity is just in the toilet. And so how can there be a God? You know, there, th- this question can be asked from so many different points of view that it, it really behooves us that as we give a general answer, we really need to give that plea of, you know, we know there's specifics. We know there's more to this than just the question itself. And that's what we would really love to address, which we can't do like this, but we can do if you contact us and, you know, talk to us. Yeah. So hit us up, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, text us. (laughs) Our numbers are on the church website, (laughs) sovereignjoycf.org. Yes, we, we would love, 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 love to talk. Love it. You got a question of the day? Um, so I got a question of the day. It's a little silly. Is that okay? It usually is. No, 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 no. I'm, you know what? I'm not going to do a silly one because you and me earlier were talking about something about reading books. Mm-hmm. You finished eight books just since the year started. Is that right? I will. Tonight I'm going to finish number eight. <clears throat> Tonight will be number eight. Okay. Yeah. And so I have read one whole book this year. Now, in the beginning of the year, I read a statistic that was... I'm going to butcher it, but I think it said 80% of Americans haven't even bought a book in 2018. I think it was 83, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. If that's true, that's shocking to me. But what I want to know as a question of the day is what's the last book that you've read? Even if it's like a high school textbook. (laughs) (laughs) What is the last book that you've read? That's it. Because uh, I could say, what did you get out of it? What did you learn? But you might not remember because it was so long ago. What was the last book you read? Brian, what's the last book you read? Okay. So the last book that I finished mm-hmm. was Extravagant Bra- or <laughs> Brace. <laughs> An extravagant Brace, like a back brace. It's, a guy with- <laughs> it's, it's like Forrest Gump's biography. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Extravagant <laughs> Brace. No, Extravagant Grace by Barbara Duguid. I finished that last night. Um, and I've been plowing through cause, okay. So the whole reason why it's eight and I've finished eight is I had on my nightstand like seven books that I had started mm-hmm. and not finished. Mm-hmm. And so it was December 30th when I finished like the first one. 
And I'm on this mission to just plow through and finish all these books that I've started. So anyway, I, I haven't read eight books start to finish in, in this period of time. But I finished uh, Extravagant Grace last night. Tonight, I'm going to finish reading um, Profiles in Courage by John F. Kennedy. Ooh, that's yeah. right. History. That's a good book. I am not reading. Well, I guess I am reading a history book. The one I am currently reading is <laughs> like from from Shadow to Substance, I think it's called. Uh, history of particular Baptist faith from 1602 to 17. Yeah. No, no, no. It, 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 it sounds super boring. So I took five books with me to Quincy and I read a chapter in each. And whichever one gripped me, that's the one I was going to read. This book by Sam Renahan has just gripped me. It is, it's his doctoral thesis, I think. And it is so interesting. You would find it interesting. At the title makes sense that it was somebody's doctoral thesis. Right. That totally makes sense. Oh my gosh, it sounds awful. Like it was the last book that I read a chapter in thinking, there's no way. But I was completely wrong, completely floored. It is so, 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 so good. So... I'm plowing through that one. The book that I just finished is Messy Spirituality by Mike Yankanali. Yankanali, I think. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. And it's along the similar lines of Extravagant Grace and another book that we love called Imperfect Disciple. But it is from a different theological perspective. And so there was some interesting, in my mind, give and take, with the book, it's not something that I would um, hand out or just say, here, you need, you know, recommend reading this. But it definitely was food for my own thought and food for my own faith. Um, there was lots of good things that came out of it. And there's some things that I'm like, just if you had more biblical grounding, I don't think you'd be saying exactly what you're saying in the way that you're saying it. So only recommended for somebody with a biblically discerning mind. Yeah, I mean, if only if then. I yeah. think there's like five or six other books to read before that. Yeah, before that one. And you know what? It's it's is interesting. I picked it up at a used a thrift store, um, and it was like eight bucks at the thrift store, which is a little more than I want to pay. But I'm really intrigued by that kind of grace right now and those kind of books. And it it missed the mark, but you know, it was it was still good food for thought. So that was right. the book I just finished. So. Put it in the comments, Instagram and Facebook, Twitter as well. What was the last book that you read? And whether it was Calvin's Institutes or a pre-calc textbook, we believe. Oh, Harry Potter. That you belong. <laughs>